Hello and welcome to Dharma in the Desert, the official podcast of the Arizona Buddhist Temple. My name is Michael Tang, and right now you're listening to John Philip Sosa's Stars and Stripes Forever. Sosa was a famous American military march composer from the Romantic era, and Stars and Stripes Forever is regarded as one of his most famous works. If you live in the United States, there's a very good chance that you've heard a number of his works before. The reason that we're writing in on the work of Sosa is because he was also responsible for writing Semper Fidelis, which is the official march of the U.S. Marine Corps, and it just so happens to be that our speaker today was actually a former member of the Marine Corps himself. Sensei Vaughn is currently a Tokido minister at the Arizona Buddhist Temple, where he has been serving for the last two years. As a former military man, he brings a lot of really different insights that many of us don't get a chance to see on a daily basis. And therefore, his perspective on the Dharma is not only interesting, but also quite unique. He's also one of the most knowledgeable Star Wars fans that I've ever met, which I'm sure will come up again in subsequent talks and episodes. In today's discussion, Sensei Vaughn discusses the role of traditions and rituals in our daily lives, and also delves into what these mean in the context of Jodo Shinshu and Buddhism as a whole. He gets at the idea that rituals and routines serve as a way to bring people together, but they also provide the opportunity for us to reflect on our own lives and share these moments with others. Anyways, that's it for me. Please stick around for the talk, and thank you very much for listening. From our founder, Master Shinran Shonin, just say the Nembutsu and be saved by Amida. Nothing else is involved. Namo Amida Butsu. Namo Amida Butsu. Namo Amida Butsu. Well, hello again, and welcome to the first Sunday in November. Um, I brought something uh, special with me today. It's in this box, and uh, unlike uh, Sensei's really cool, spectacular Halloween-themed severed fingers from last week, um, this is a little bit different, and I promise it's not quite as ghoulish as Sensei's uh, thing that he brought. So, does anyone have any guesses what might be in this box? Besides my son. <laughs> yes. What do you think it is? Oh, toys is a good guess. They're not toys. Sean? Oh, it's not candy. I ate all the leftover Halloween candy already. So how about I just show you? Let's see what's inside. It's a hat. And you can tell by looking at it, it's not an ordinary hat, is it? This is something that is very special to me. And let me explain why. Uh, I received this as a gift from my sister and brother-in-law last year. And the two of them happened to work at the Gettysburg Battlefield in Pennsylvania. And this is a reproduction of the kind of hat that Marines wore during the period of the Civil War, which was about 150 years ago. So you may be asking yourselves, why is Vaughn wearing this hat? Well, that's a great question. So in just a few days, something very special is going to happen. And no, I'm not talking about the Tuesday elections on November 8th. This is actually going to occur two days later. Does anyone know what it, that might be? Veterans Day. Well, Veterans Day is three days after that. That's on Friday. It's the Marine Corps birthday. That's awesome. Yes. 
So it will be the 241st birthday of the United States Marine Corps. And it's a special occasion for all Marines. And since I'm a veteran, it's my day too. And the day is a mix of solemn reflection where we think about the many Marines who came before us. And it's also a big celebration where we mark the many achievements of our Corps since the founding of our nation. On Marine Corps bases throughout the world and in many American cities where there's a large Marine presence, a birthday ball is held each year. So it's a big birthday bash, a formal dance, and a ritualistic ceremony all wrapped up into one tremendous event. And it's a lot of fun. So during the ceremony portion of the birthday ball, there are many rituals that we observe, such as a uniform pageant that highlights the different colors and styles that Marines wore in battle throughout the years. And this hat is actually a nod to that. Military music is played, proclamations are made, and special speeches are given by invited guests of honor. And all of this ceremony culminates with the presentation of a huge birthday cake, because after all, it is a birthday. And the slices of this cake are actually cut by a Marine Corps sword. So when the cake is cut, a very special ritual is observed, whereby the first slice is given to the oldest Marine that is present at the ceremony. And during my time in the Marines 24 years ago, uh, the oldest Marine was usually someone who had served in World War II or even earlier. And the old Marine receives the first slice of cake, but then passes it on to the youngest Marine that is there. And this ritual demonstrates the passing of Marine Corps heritage and tradition from one generation to the next, from Marine to Marine, in order to safeguard our reputation and to keep our honor clean. And even though I completed my time in the Marines a long time ago, my family and I continue to celebrate the Corps' birthday in our own home on each November 10th. We enjoy a nice home-cooked meal and a cake that is prepared by my wife. We listen to music composed by the famous Marine band leader, John Philip Sousa. Maybe some of you have heard of him. And while we, when we go to cut the cake, we don't have a sword, so instead we use my actual Marine Corps combat fighting knife. Now, everyone relax. The only action this knife has seen was cutting open the occasional cardboard box and, of course, many birthday cakes throughout the years. The point of our own celebration at home is so that I can continue to feel connected to the larger Marine Corps, my fellow Marines, wherever they may be, through the rituals that my family and I observe each November. So, Rituals can be very important to us as human beings. Wouldn't you agree? A ritual is defined by the great internet authority, Google, as a religious or solemn ceremony consisting of a series of actions performed according to prescribed order. So the actions conducted during the Marine Corps birthday definitely fit this definition. And certainly, we observe many rituals when we come to temple every Sunday for Dharma service such as Kansho, when we ring the Yojisho, or the large bell that's outside. So why do we perform Kansho each Sunday before service? Well, the answer is usually given at the start of every service, when our Dharma school children, or whoever's cheering, says, we now begin the Dharma school service with the ringing of the bell. Let us listen. To the sound, let us feel the impermanence with our whole body and senses. Let us prepare ourselves to listen to the Dharma and practice the Dharma.
gong. <laughs> so in other words, the ritual of performing concho is meant to prepare us to receive the dharma. And if you've been coming to service for a while, you may have noticed that the ringing of concho follows a particular pattern. The gyoshi sho bell is struck a certain number of times in three different sets. The number of times it is struck decreases with each set. So first it's seven, and then it's five, and then it's three. Does anyone count those? Well, you may have also noticed that between the sets, the bell is struck differently, and we usually refer to this as someone who is running up a hill. So you start off running fast, and as you climb towards the summit of the hill, you start to slow down because, well, gravity's pulling on you, and you're starting to lose your breath. And then once you reach the top, you have to start running back down the hill, and you pick up speed as you do that. So, you know, I've always wondered, why is Kancho performed in this manner? Have you? I've asked several ministers over the years, and even when I was in Japan, going through my Tokido ordination, I asked this question. And I can never get a straight answer. I've heard several theories, such as ringing the bell seven times represents the seven masters of Jodashinshu Buddhism, and ringing it three times at the end represents the three treasures of Buddhism. And I can't remember what the five stood for from the minister who was sharing this idea with me, but I've heard many things about this, nothing definitive. So I'm not exactly sure what the correct answer is, or I obviously have not encountered it yet if there is one. So perhaps the purpose has actually been lost um, through the ages, or maybe it's just open to your own interpretation. In any case, I've started thinking of the ritual performing Kancho in this way. So when we arrive to the temple on Sundays, we have a week's worth of thoughts and worries bouncing around in our heads. Maybe we're even thinking or worrying about what we need to accomplish in the next week to come. And to me, that's sort of like the first seven rings of the bell. Then we remember to take a breath slowly in and slowly out. And that is to me like the part that comes after the seventh strike of the bell. That's the part that's usually described as someone running up a mountain. But for me, that represents taking a breath and then releasing it. So that breath calms us down somewhat. But we still have some monkeys chattering inside our heads, don't we? So that's the next five strikes. So we need to take another deep, calming breath, breathing it in slowly and then releasing it. And finally, our minds have been settled enough to listen to the Dharma. And that's the final three strikes of the bell. So you may be thinking, wait a second. If the bell is still being struck three times at the end, doesn't that mean that our minds still aren't free of our thoughts and worries? And you would be correct in thinking so. Because after all, we are Shin Buddhists. We are those who know that we are bonbu, foolish people who are incapable of completely freeing our minds. And that's okay. We just need to receive our, tr 
to recognize our true nature. And when we are able to do this, we can actually calm ourselves down just enough to be able to recognize that the Dharma is working in our lives. Anyway, that's what Kansho means to me. Although many rituals are performed in Jodo Shinshu services, our enlightenment is not dependent on how well we do them. So please don't worry about how well you're singing the gathas, or if you're offering incense correctly, or even if you don't come to the temple every single Sunday. Our eventual enlightenment isn't conditional on anything we do because Amida Buddha has already taken care of everything for us. And that's why Shinran Shonin says, just say the Nembutsu, Namo Amidabutsu, the Buddha's name. Nothing else is necessary. However, we cannot fully escape rituals in our lives, can we? Because they can bring meaning to our lives and connect us to things that are larger than ourselves. And they can also be deeply personal, too, or just the regular thing that we do every single day. So how many of you would say you have a morning ritual? See a few hands going up. That's good. So perhaps it's drinking a cup of coffee or watching the news before going to work. Is your day ever out of whack if you miss your morning ritual? For me, at least I know this is true, um, if I miss my cup of coffee, it feels like my life has lost all purpose and all meaning, and I'll be incapable of being a good employee or nice to my coworkers. So drinking that cup of coffee is a very important morning ritual for me. And other personal rituals can be extremely important as well, such as kissing your partner goodbye before they leave the house, tucking your children into bed, and greeting new Dharma friends when you see them come to the temple the next time. In these cases, the rituals involve ourselves and others too. And we transmit the meaning of these rituals and sometimes of life itself when we do this. And I can't help but wonder how differently my boys would be right now if I didn't read them a story and tuck them into bed every night when they were younger. I believe these rituals allow them to know through my actions that I love them very much and that being a dad was more than just being the old man in the house. And I think it almost demonstrated that it's important to love and give of yourself to others. So it's my hope that as they get older, that they will recognize the specialness of those rituals and will perform them with their own children if they choose to have kids. So each person and every culture has its own set of rituals that may be different from what you or I practice. Sometimes we can learn and bring more meaning to our own lives from their rituals too. So two Fridays ago, I was at Sunny Slope, Sunny Slope High School for senior night. And it wasn't my senior night because I graduated from high school 30 years ago. Uh, it wasn't my 15-year-old son Lance's senior night because he's only a freshman at Sunny Slope. But senior night is a special occasion for those students who will graduate in the spring. So at Lance's school, every senior student who is part of a team or a club or an activity gets recognized before the last home football game. And they get to walk out onto the football field with their family. And as they walk, their name is announced. And people who they are thankful for is also shared with everyone that are in the stands. It's a pretty neat ritual. For those who are in the marching band, like Lance's, they have their own extra ritual that happens a little earlier in the evening. And it involves all the band students, regardless of what year they are and anyone else who wishes to be there. So like their family and friends. <laughs> The band gives each senior student a chance to speak in front of everyone in the band room where they spent so much time over the last several years in high school. One by one, each of them go up and give, gives a very short speech about what band meant to them. 
and the things that they had wished that they had known as freshmen, students. It was some powerful stuff, needless to say. Some of them were natural speakers, and others, you could tell, were very nervous. And as I listened along with everyone else in the band room who came to hear, I started to think of the speeches as little Dharma messages. One of the last boys to speak was on the drumline with Lance. And I could tell he was very nervous and shy. He began to speak about the impact Ban had had on his life. It was hard to hear him from the start. And as he continued to speak, his voice grew quieter. Eventually, he stopped talking altogether and just stood there. And it was then that I realized he was at a loss for words. He was having difficulty describing just how special Ban had been for him. So how do you describe something that's indescribable, especially when it's something that has touched your heart so deeply? Watching, watching and listening to this young man struggling with expressing his gratitude about his band experience made me think of the Buddha Dharma. At that moment, it made me feel the depth of Amida Buddha's vow and just how hard it can be to describe its magnitude on my life with others. Do you ever feel this way? This young man's silence lingered for a few moments more, and then, slowly and quietly, he began to speak again. And I realized he was reading a poem he had written on a piece of paper that he was holding in his hand, and it was about endings. I don't remember his exact words, but they went something like this. Last band practice. Last time riding in the band bus. The last football halftime show. The last music festival. He concluded by sharing how each moment had been meaningful to him. And this made me think about moments in our lives and the rituals that make them even more special. And when you think about it, each moment has the potential to be very precious. Like right now. This is the last time ever that it will be 10.36 in the morning on November 6, 2016. Let's enjoy this moment right here in the Hondo together as Dharma friends. Thank you so much for listening. Will you please join me in Gasha once again? Just say the Nembutsu and be saved by Amida. Nothing else is involved. Namo Amida Utsu. Namo Amida Utsu. Namo Amida Utsu.